Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Well, good morning, Michiganders. It's Tuesday, December 6th, and you're listening to Tuesday with Tom, Michigan's only live weekly internet radio show where we answer your questions about estate planning and estate settlement in Michigan. I'm your host, Tom Doyle, estate planning attorney, lifelong Michigan resident, and ambassador for all things good in the state of Michigan. Welcome to today's program. I'd like to begin the program today by congratulating Dick Berman. Dick is now, I think, a three-time winner of our Michigan Trivia Contest. He was at all, his name was drawn from all of the correct answers to the November trivia questions. So congratulations to you, Dick. Uh, I'll get in contact with you, Dick, and find out, do you, you, you know you're winning a 2017 edition of the Pure Michigan Calendar, And we were going to give you another copy of the Under the Radar Michigan, the first 50, and I'll check with you to see do you want another copy of the book. Um, Perhaps there's another gift that we have uh, that we might pass on to you in its place. Um, Also noting that the IRS has recently announced that uh, for 2017, the federal estate tax exemption, that's the amount that you can own in assets uh, before the federal government is going to collect anything from your estate at the time of your death. In 2016, that federal estate tax exemption amount was $5.45 million, meaning unless your estate was over $5.45 million in 2016, you do not have a federal estate tax problem. Well, that number is going to go up to $5.49 million as of January 1st. So in 2017, the federal estate tax exemption is going to be $5.49 million. However, the annual gift tax exemption, that's the amount that you can give to any one person. And I talked about this in a couple episodes ago. Uh, the amount that you can give to any one person is going to remain at $14,000 a year. Uh, so you can still give anybody up to $14,000 before you have to worry about potential gift tax consequences of making that gift. And also, I know I'm a day ahead of it, but uh, it's certainly uh, important, worth noting, that uh, tomorrow, 
uh, is the anniversary, December 7th, 1941, of the Japanese attack on Pearl Harbor. So keep that in mind and remember all of the Americans uh, that were involved in that tragedy uh, so many years ago. And I know on a personal note, and I have a brother who thinks I'm crazy for thinking this way, uh, but because of the attack on Pearl Harbor, uh, I'm one of uh, perhaps what appear to be a few, although I hope there are a number of us anyhow, uh, Americans who don't buy Japanese cars. And my brother thinks I'm crazy for saying that. And I looked at my brother one day when he said, why not? I said, well, because the Japanese are the ones that attacked us and brought us into World War II that ended up in tens of thousands of Americans uh, losing their lives in both the the Atlantic and the Pacific theaters as well. So uh, important date, uh, certainly in American history. And normally on that day, I will also tweet something about uh, asking people to perhaps consider in memory of all of those Americans not driving their Japanese cars tomorrow on December 7th. Last week's show. Uh, Last week's show talked about what was going to happen to your pet when something happens to you. And in that case, we talked about what happens to your pet if you become incapacitated, what happens to your pet if you die. And I referred you to the Doyle Law PC website. Uh, Under the Learning Center link, we've got a number of short YouTube videos talking about different aspects of planning for your pets. So if you haven't had a chance to go and review those YouTube videos, I would suggest that you do that if that is of interest to you. If you have a pet and you're interested in how it is you can take care of your pet as part of your estate plan. In today's program, uh, we're going to talk a little bit about what is the best way to disinherit a child. Now, Sometimes disinheriting child, yes, you're disinheriting child for some clients because they they truly just don't want their child to receive part of their estate. Uh, obviously, there's something about that uh, relationship uh, that causes a parent to not want to include that child as part of their estate plan. There can be other reasons to disinherit a child, though, and it has nothing to do with not loving the child or or not wanting them to receive part of your estate. And I don't mean to suggest that parents who disinherit their children don't necessarily love their children either. There can be lots of reasons that clients don't want a child to receive part of their estate. But another common reason might be some clients who don't want an estate to go to a child because they would not want their estate to go to their child's spouse. They're concerned that if they die and the child receives the estate and the child dies, it's going to go to the child's spouse, and that's not something that the clients ever want to have happen. Or in some of these cases, it's that uh, your, your child might have creditors, and you're concerned that if the child receives an inheritance from you, that your inheritance could simply end up going into their creditor. So it's not always simply that you just don't want a child to receive part of your estate for whatever reason, but there might be other reasons to consider disinheriting in a child. So we'll talk about that during today's program, some of the options that you do have. But as always, please remember that what I will be discussing during the program is for educational purposes only. It is not intended to be legal advice. As always, you need to work with your attorney to determine what is appropriate legal advice for 
your estate plan. A reminder, too, just by way of office news, that uh, for those of you in the western part of the state, the Grand Rapids office has moved. It's now located at 625 Kenmore Avenue, Southeast, Suite 301, Grand Rapids, 49546. The phone number, though, is still 616-419-8862. So if you go to that location, it's in a multi-story building. Uh, In the elevator, go to the third floor. When you come off the elevator, immediately across the uh, hallway from the elevator, you'll see the uh, windows uh, to the office suite where you will find our office located there. But as always, Grand Rapids appointments, because it's a shared office arrangement, you need to have an appointment first uh, so that we can make sure that we've got time scheduled for you to be meeting in the Grand Rapids office. Reminder, too, that uh, the Tuesday with Tom website, uh, all of the previous episodes of this program are available there. So if you're interested in previous programs, simply go to the program calendar. Uh, You can get a link of previous episodes Those episodes are also available, a list of those episodes on the Spreaker.com website. That's a service that we use for hosting uh, Tuesday with Tom, the program. And still working on it, but hopefully by the first of the year, we will have our programs available on iTunes as well. All right, so what is the best way to disinherit a child? And whether it's you're going to disinherit a child because for whatever reason you don't want them to receive part of your estate, or again, maybe it is that you don't want your spouse's estate to end up going to your, or your child's estate to end up going to their spouse, or maybe you don't want your child's estate to end up going to their creditor. So what options do you have What's the best way to accomplish any of those particular estate planning goals? Well, where we need to start with is this. Under Michigan's probate code, children have potentially certain rights of inheritance. Similar to, I've talked in previous episodes about a spouse, and under Michigan's probate code, it creates certain rights of a spouse to inherit from us. Similar ideas under Michigan probate code creates rights of children. We're talking children. We're not talking stepchildren. Stepchildren under Michigan's probate code don't have any rights of inheritance from you, but your natural children or adopted children is who we are talking about. So so what are those rights? Well, essentially, uh, if you do no estate planning whatsoever, and I've talked about this, this concept of what we call interstate succession. That is, where does the state of Michigan say your estate is going to go if you haven't done any estate planning whatsoever? Well, under Michigan's interstate succession law, there is a possibility that your child might be entitled to receive a portion of your estate. Certainly the case if you don't have a spouse, If you do have a spouse, then it's going to be determined by how large is your estate and whether or not your spouse is, in fact, the parent of the child. But under Michigan's interstate succession laws, children oftentimes have rights to receive an inheritance from their parents. 
So that's the first thing to keep in mind. The second thing is this, procedures. If an estate goes through probate in the state of Michigan, and if your child would have a right to receive a portion of that estate, irrespective of whether you, what you happen to say in your will, then in that case, the child is going to have a right to be notified that the probate estate is open, and they're going to have a right to know what is in the probate estate. So we have to look at the rights of interstate succession that might give part of your estate to a child, and we have to look at the procedures in the state of Michigan when an estate goes through probate and the rights of a child to receive notice that an estate is open and the rights of a child to know what is in the estate. With those parameters, if you will, at the outset, Let's talk about different strategies that might be utilized by you if you don't want a child to receive a portion of your estate. One of those strategies, using beneficiary designations. If you take, let's, let's, let's say your entire estate consists of assets that you can have beneficiary designations on. So you can have beneficiary designations on your bank accounts, and you have beneficiary designations on perhaps your life insurance policies, your retirement accounts. I've talked in previous episodes about using beneficiary designations as estate planning strategies. But if all of your estate can be passed via beneficiary designations, then using that designation and not including the child that you don't want to receive part of your estate as a designated beneficiary will avoid anything going to the child. So let's say that you've got three children, you've got one child that you want to disinherit, well, you simply make the other two children the beneficiaries on all the assets that can have beneficiary designations, and that way, upon your death, Nothing's going to go through probate because everything is going to pass via beneficiary designations. Since nothing's going to go through probate, we're not worried about what the child's rights are to receive part of your estate under interstate succession. We're not worried about what the child's rights are if your estate's going through probate because it's not going through probate. So using beneficiary designations. Now, what you want to make sure of, though, a lot of times clients don't confirm what their beneficiary designations really are. If you're going to rely upon beneficiary designations as a tool for disinheriting a child, make sure you know who the primary beneficiaries are on your asset. Make sure you know who the contingent beneficiaries are because you don't want to end up in a situation where maybe your child was left on as a contingent beneficiary and the primary beneficiary fails to survive you. The other consideration when you're losing beneficiary designations that you also have to be aware of, and that is this, what's going to happen with the asset if all of the beneficiaries fail to survive you? So let's use that example where you have three children. You put two children on as the beneficiaries, you leave the third one off. Your plan being that upon your death, everything is going to go to the two children, nothing is going to go to the child that you left out by way of the beneficiary designations. Sounds great, but we have to ask the question, what's going to happen with your estate if the two children that you named as beneficiaries both fail to survive you? If they both fail to survive you, now you have no beneficiary on the asset. 
And if you don't have a beneficiary on the asset, now it's going to go through probate. Now that child that you didn't want to receive the estate from you is going to have perhaps certain rights under interstate succession to receive part of those assets, as well as the entire probate process is going to be one that's going to provide your child with information about the asset. So when you're using beneficiary designations, you need to ask yourself, what's the plan if all of the beneficiaries that you've designated fail to survive you? Are you truly in a situation where nothing will end up going to this child? Or is there more planning that might need to be done for you rather than simply using beneficiary designations? A second option for disinheriting child might be in a will. You'll oftentimes see clients have a will and they'll say something like, look, I leave a dollar to my son, Tom. And what they're really doing is they're disinheriting the child, but they feel that they need to leave a dollar to them to make that happen. Well, under Michigan law, you don't have to leave a child a dollar in order to disinherit them. I do suggest, though, and Amanda and I in the, in the wills that we draft, when you are going to leave a child out of your will, specifically indicate in the will that you are omitting them. You don't want to just not name them. And we've had clients who've attempted to do that. But you want to specifically indicate in the will that you, you are omitting them on purpose. We will normally say, for reasons that are personal to you, we don't explain what the reasons are that they are being omitted. And normally our recommendation is not to indicate what the reason is for omitting a child because you don't want them to get into a fight after your death about whether it was a good reason or not. Maybe your reason for disinheriting the child is that they didn't come around and take care of you enough. Well, maybe they're going to have a different view on what taking care of you means. And so if you say in your will, I'm not going to leave anything to Tom because he didn't take care of me enough, it kind of leaves the door open for Tom to come in and argue and say, no, I really did take care of you and that you were mistaken when you thought I didn't do it enough. So you don't want to give that opportunity for a child to do that. So normally we will simply say we're omitting them for reasons that are personal to you. Understand this though. So let's say you've got that situation where you have three children and you say, all right, I'm going to leave my estate to the two and I'm leaving Tom out uh, for reasons that are personal to me. You have a will, at least that avoids interstate succession rights because you have a will. So whatever assets are going to go through probate that'll be subject to the terms of your will are not assets that are now going to go in that case to Tom because you did not include him in the list of people that are going to receive things from you. But what you need to understand, in that case, your child still has the right to be notified that that probate estate is going to be opened. And as important as that, has the right to know what is in the probate estate. So let's talk practicalities here. Tom, the child that you've omitted, you die... He gets a copy of the will. He sees that the probate estate is open because he has to be given all that information. He has to be given information about what the estate has in it. And he now has all that information. And he goes into a lawyer's office. And he says to the lawyer, I'm not happy. I'm not happy with my mom's estate plan because she has omitted me from this estate. 
Now, what's going to happen with a lawyer? The lawyer is going to look at that, and one of the questions that the lawyer is always going to have is, okay, let's assume that we could successfully challenge this. Let's assume maybe we're going to argue that uh, mom was unduly influenced by the other siblings, or mom was incapacitated at the time that she... With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, We've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. We did the will. Whatever the, the whatever the circumstances happen to be, one of the questions also always is going to be, all right, if we win, what do you get? If we're successful in challenging this will, what do you get? And why is that important? Well, it's practical. And the practicality is, is it worth doing something about? And in many cases, what's happening is a child doesn't want to pay the lawyer by the hour to be pursuing this claim. What they want to do is they want to pay the lawyer a percentage of whatever they're going to get, what we would call a contingency fee. Well, the minute that a lawyer's looking at possibly taking a case on a contingency fee basis, it's important to the lawyer to know, well, if I win, how much is my client going to get so that I know how much might my fee actually be for representing this client? So when they walk in the door and they bring in this probate estate, They're going to have that information available. They're going to know how big is the probate estate, so the lawyer can evaluate that as part and parcel of what they're looking at in making recommendations to your child in that particular case. The other thing that's happened, if you think about it, there is now already a probate matter opened. There's already a probate matter with the probate court. So if the child wants to contest this, There's already a court matter opened, and they don't have to open a court matter to challenge it. They simply have to come into the court matter that's already opened, which means there's a little less expense involved for the child who is now going to go about contesting that. So in that case, understand what happened. Yes, the will said Tom didn't get anything. As long as the will still survives whatever challenges, Tom's not going to get anything But what did you end up doing? You ended up giving Tom the very information that he might need to determine, is it worth, in fact, pursuing? So let's contrast that, though, with a third option. A third option is to use a living trust as opposed to having a will. So think about this. When you have a living trust, a living trust is a private arrangement. The only people that are entitled to know what's in your living trust are obviously you, the lawyer who's drafted it, 
the successor trustee who's going to be settling your estate, as well as the beneficiaries under the trust. So think about that. If you have a trust, and in that trust you now say, Tom doesn't get anything from me. Tom is not a beneficiary of your trust. What does that mean legally? That means Tom is not entitled to receive a copy of the trust when you die. By not getting a copy of the trust, he doesn't know where the estate is going to go. He doesn't know who else the estate is going to go to. And as importantly as that, because Tom is not a beneficiary of your trust, he also does not have any right to know what does a trust own. He doesn't have any right to know how much is in the trust. Why is that important? Well, go back to now when Tom goes to see a lawyer. Tom goes to see a lawyer and says, I'm not happy. My my mom had a trust. She left me out. The lawyer says, well, let's look at the trust document. What does it say? Well, I don't know. I don't have a copy of it. Lawyer might even contact the trustee and say, will you send me a copy? We get those requests all the time. And our answer is no, we're not going to send you a copy because your client is not a beneficiary under the trust. So the lawyer can't get a copy of the trust. Your child can't get a copy of the trust. But as importantly as that, the next question from the lawyer is, well, okay, Tom, if we win, how much are you likely to get? And the answer is going to be, well, I don't know. Well, let me go ask the trustee how much is in the trust. And the trustee says, you're not a beneficiary. Because you're not a beneficiary, you're not entitled to know how much is in the trust. Now, you can, Tom can be very unhappy. Tom can even want to go to the probate court and file a matter in the probate court and try and get the probate judge to order the trustee to disclose that information. He still doesn't have a right to it. And since he doesn't have a right to it, generally speaking, you're not going to find a judge if everything else is, is above board, ordering that any information has to be provided. So what did you do? You had a private arrangement. You kept information away from the child. That information is important to the attorney when the attorney is looking and saying, am I going to take this case on a contingency fee basis? So having the trust is truly the better approach than using a will because it's protecting your privacy and it's by protecting that privacy that's how you are as a practical matter going to have an estate plan that is more difficult for a child to challenge which is always the question you want a plan knowing that a child isn't going to be happy with that and yet you're creating a, a, an estate plan that is more difficult for the child to challenge. Again, in that trust, we're not going to indicate why you're omitting the child, simply that you're omitting them. We certainly don't want to give them $1 under the trust, because now if we do that, now they are a beneficiary of the trust. Now they do have a right to get a copy of the trust. Now they do have a right to know what's in the trust. So in that case, you really don't want to give them a dollar under that trust arrangement. But the trust is also a valuable estate planning tool if perhaps the real reason that you're looking at disinheriting a child is because you don't want it to go to the child's spouse or you don't want it to go to the child's creditors. Why? Because if that's the circumstance, you can make the child the beneficiary of the trust 
because we're not worried about the child knowing or understanding. We're just trying to keep it out of the creditor's hands or the spouse's. You could consider making the trust the beneficiary on the trust. However, what you're not going to do is distribute out the child's share to the child when you die. The trustee is going to hold on to it. The trustee is going to hold it and manage it for the child. So in that circumstance, you could keep a child's share in the trust. The trustee could even use it to support your child if that's what you want them to do. But the key under that circumstance is, is at no time will the child end up owning that share. It will always be in the trust. It will always be controlled by somebody else because it's always in the trust, always controlled by somebody else. It doesn't go to your child's spouse and it's not available to your child's creditor. So a trust, also an effective estate planning tool when it's not inheriting the child because you don't want them to receive something, it's not wanting them to receive something because you don't want it to then go to a spouse or to creditors. Of course, if you have any questions at all about what would be the best way for you to accomplish your estate planning goals, including disinheriting a child, we would invite you to contact the office. We'd be happy to meet with you and work with you in coming up with an appropriate plan for you. Would you like our help in putting together your peace of mind estate plan? Perhaps you're looking for someone to assist you in putting together your estate. Maybe you're looking to have someone help you in updating documents that you had prepared by somebody else. Or maybe you're now involved in settling a loved one's estate. If so, we would be honored to have the opportunity to meet with you to see how it is that we can assist you with your estate planning or estate settlement needs. Simply call our secretary, Becky, 517-323-7366. Becky will set you up with an appointment to meet in our Lansing office or Grand Rapids location if that's more convenient to you. Or if neither of those is, a, is convenient to you, we can have an initial consultation by telephone. We work with clients throughout the entire state of Michigan. We, in fact, have clients who are not even in the state of Michigan where we're assisting them with their Michigan estate planning. We'll have an initial telephone consultation, and then we can work through how it is that we will work with you on accomplishing what it is that you're looking to do. If you're going to have an initial estate planning consultation or in a consultation where you're going to update a plan that was not prepared by us, Becky is also going to send you a copy of our recently updated free estate planning guidebook uh, so that that will help prepare you for that initial consultation with you. Or if you want to get an advanced start on that, you can go to doylawpc.com, our office website, where you can download a copy of that free estate planning guidebook from the website. Well, that brings us to today's trivia question. As you know, sometime during each program in December, I will be asking a question about Michigan. It might be a place, event, history, geography, something to do with this great state that we live in. And there will be a different question each week. So at the end of the month, 
We're going to take all the correct answers and we'll select the December winner from all the correct answers that have been submitted during the course of December. So if you look at December, we have four Tuesdays in December. That means there will be four questions. And if you answer all four questions correctly, you will have four opportunities, uh, four chances, if you will, to win the trivia prize. So what's the prize going to be for December? Well, uh, continuing what we did uh, in November, we are going to give away a copy of the 2017 Pure Michigan Calendar. That's from the puremichigan.store.org, the Pure Michigan website. We are also going to include a copy of Under the Radar, the first 50 book. That's the award, Emmy Award winning PBS program that features cool people, places, and things that make Michigan an awesome place to work live and play. And as it says in the book, if you're looking for a great Michigan places to explore, vacation, eat, live, start a business, or just relax, this book is for you. And don't forget to watch the program on your local PBS channel featuring Jim, Tom, and Eric as they explore these great places throughout the state of Michigan. And as always, we will include a surprise gift. So today's trivia question. Name this university established in 1817 in Michigan that was the first university established by any of the states. Let me give that one more time. Name this university that was established in 1817 in Michigan that was the first university established by any of the states. And for bonus points, tell us, what was the original name of that university? So if you think you know your answer, please email it to me, tom at tuesdaywithtom.com. Answers to the December questions have to be received by December 31st. Please include your name, phone number, email address, mailing address, so we know where to send your prize. And again, the winner will be selected at the end of the month, and we will announce the winner during our first program in January. So good luck to all of you. And as always, please share uh, the information on the trivia question uh, with your friends and family so that they can enjoy the fun as well. Today's estate planning tip is this. Don't leave your estate or your heirs with a cash-poor estate. Don't leave your heirs with a cash-poor estate. And what do I mean by that? In too many cases, here's what clients we find are doing today. They will use beneficiary designations on all of the assets that they have. And so their bank accounts, their life insurance, their retirement plans all go out to their kids when they die, yet they're left with a house in their name. What does that mean? Now we have to open a probate estate for the house. What's the problem? Well, if all of the assets have gone out to other people, now the estate doesn't have any cash to maintain the house. No cash to pay taxes. Obviously, if taxes don't get paid, house gets foreclosed on. No money to pay insurance, utilities, maintenance. No money to pay a mortgage that might be on the house. And again, if mortgage doesn't get paid, it's going to get foreclosed on. And houses don't necessarily sell overnight. So the problem is that in many of these cases, there's no obligation. Let's say you've given the entire estate out to your children. There's no obligation for any of the children to give money back to the estate. Uh, just because the estate needs money. So what really happens? Well, unfortunately, what normally happens, or fortunately, or unfortunately, depending upon 
how you're looking at it. A responsible child is oftentimes going to come forward, ask siblings to give money back, not be happy with those siblings who don't willingly give any money back, and then is oftentimes going to use his or her own funds to manage this estate, to pay the taxes, the insurance, the utilities, the maintenance, the mortgage, and in fact the attorney fees that are going to be incurred, the idea being that they will pay themselves back when the home gets sold. Well, that doesn't make that child very happy because they're putting their own money out while their other siblings are enjoying their inheritance and they're waiting to get their money back when the home sells. So in too many cases, it creates tremendous, tremendous family conflict. A better thing to have done in that case was to simply leave some assets in the estate. Don't put beneficiaries in everything. If the house is going to go through probate, leave money in a bank account, leave investments, leave cash, leave whatever it happens to be so that there will be assets available to pay all those expenses as a house goes on. Or alternatively, you might look at ways to avoid the house and having to go through probate. Maybe it would be time to look at using a ladybird deed. I've talked about that in other programs as an estate planning tool. Or maybe it's a time to look at having a trust. However, whatever it is, simply be, remember my tip for the day is don't leave your estate or don't leave your heirs with a cash poor estate. <music> So what's happening in Michigan? Well, again, if you go to the Tuesday with Tom website, I'm sorry about that. If you go to the Tuesday with Tom website, uh, we have a link there still to the Northern Michigan holiday events that talks about a lot of the events that are going on in Northern Michigan as well as, a, as our continually linked to the Pure Michigan website that has a lot of information on events that are going on during the holiday times throughout the state of Michigan. So I invite you to go there. I also looked up the webcams that you can look at from the website today, and it doesn't look like we've got a whole lot of snow up north. I know we got a little bit here in Lansing that's essentially all melted. It looks like even up at Nubs Knob or Boyne Highlands that there's not enough snow up there to even be skiing yet, although I thought there was some skiing that went on a little while ago. So not a lot of snow around the state of Michigan right now. Do you have a comment about our program or a topic that you'd like to have me discussed or maybe questions that you'd like to have answered? If so, or maybe a Michigan place or events. And I know Dick Berman recently uh, suggested a, a, an automobile museum uh, that I'm, I'm put on my list of, of things to go to anyhow. But if you do, uh, please send me an email, tom at tuesdaywithtom.com, or mail me a postcard, Tom Doyle, P.O. Box 16066, Lansing, Michigan 48901. As always, we invite you to follow us on Facebook, Tuesday with Tom. Follow us on Twitter, Tuesday with Tom. Certainly invite you to, to follow our office, uh, Facebook and Twitter, both Doyle Law PC. Remember, too, that the information that I discuss during the program, of course, is for educational purposes only. It is not intended to be legal advice. You need to work with your attorney to determine what is appropriate for you and your 
estate plan. Thanks again for spending time with us on this Tuesday morning. It's kind of a a cloudy, dreary, cold morning here in Lansing, but at least uh, much of the snow has melted anyhow already. And as always, I hope that you have an awesome day in Michigan. Thanks again, everyone, and we look forward to seeing you next week on next Tuesdays with Tom.